Uh, we don't have a demo with us, but we do have pastor. Pastor's in the building tonight, so uh, we're missing Dima, but we have pastor. Amen. Okay, so we'll, we'll be okay tonight. We're, we're under good supervision. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, I just want to share something just real quick as, as uh, we had worship, and I just, um, I just got, I don't know, I feel like God put, put this on my heart, um, and we're going to hear tonight about Mexico. Um, uh, but before that, I just, I know, I just wanted to share a word, uh, something that I read. I read a really interesting story. It's in 1 Samuel uh, 14, 13, 14. It's when Saul, uh, he goes, do you guys remember when Saul went to the, um, they were going to fight the Philistines? And um, he's on the mountain, and he's waiting for Samuel to come. And, and the army is coming up, a huge army. And he doesn't know what to do. And he's like, should he do the sacrifice? Because they have to do a sacrifice before they can fight. And he's waiting for Samuel to come. And Samuel's late, and he doesn't know what to do. And, and, and so he, you know, he, he sees people leaving. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to do the sacrifice. Let's go fight. And do um, and you guys remember that story when uh, you know, and then Samuel comes? And he says, because you did not obey God, I'm taking away the kingdom. Um, and it's a very, really interesting story. So, like, the people kind of hide. People, you know, run away. And there's only 600 soldiers left against this huge army of the Philistines. And then God does a miracle. Jonathan and, uh, and his armor bearer, Jonathan, says, um, you know what? If this is from God, uh, we're going to go fight them. And if, if they say, come up here, then we'll know this is from God. But if they don't say that, then, then we're not going to go fight them. And so they come up to the Philistines. And the Philistines say, come up here. We'll teach you a lesson. Uh, and so they come up, and they, and they start killing the Philistines, and they start running away, and, 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 Saul's like, and Saul sees that people are running away, and he's like, okay, let's go get them. And so they chase them, and so they start, they start uh, God, God does a victory, um, gives, gives them a victory through uh, Jonathan. And, and it's very interesting because Saul tells everyone not to eat until evening. And uh, it says in 1 Samuel 14, it says, and the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had placed the people under oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats any food until evening. So they weren't supposed to eat. Before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. So none of the people tasted food. Now all the people, now all the people of the land came to a forest, and there was honey on the ground. And when the people had come into the woods, there was the honey dripping, but no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father charged the people with that oath. Therefore he stretched out the end of the rod that was in his hand, and he dipped it into a honeycomb, and he, put his, and he put his hand to his mouth, and his countenance brightened. Then one of the people said, Your father strictly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats food this day. And the people were faint. But Jonathan said, My father has troubled the land. Look now, has, has my countenance, how my countenance has brightened, because I tasted a little of this honey. And I was just thinking today, I, was, I read it, and um, I was just thinking how, um, you know, it's Saul, he's like, he's like religion or like kind of like Satan where he does not want us to have any strength, you know. And, and, and he, he tells the people, you're not allowed to eat until I'm, I'm done with my work. And, but they were in a forest with a lot of honey, you know. And, and Jonathan, he didn't hear about this, so he takes some honey. And, he, and it says that his countenance brightened, or he got, he got some strength from the honey. You know, when you eat honey, gives you some energy, right? You eat some sweet, gives you energy. And so he said, he said why? This is, this, is, this is not a good rule because, you know, I ate something, I got strengthened. You know, it's like us when, when, when we come, when we come to church, we come to youth. 
We can come to youth and, and not eat anything and not have anything and not, not have anything that God has given, has left us to, to take. But it's our responsibility to take something and to eat it. You know, the honey, it was good. It, was, it gave him strength. You know, when we come to church, the presence of God is there. Amen. The presence of God is here. When we come, we have an opportunity to receive something from God. Amen. And you can go to the forest and you can, you can go there and, you, and if you don't get anything, you don't get strengthened. You, you don't get any more strength. You know, we can come to youth, but if we don't personally reach out to God when we're here, if we don't worship and we don't listen to the word, then, then we're not going to get any strength. You know, but if we apply ourselves, he said, he, he, it was, it was, it's kind of like the, the devil, he wants to keep us from eating the honey. You know, he wants to distract us during the word. He wants to distract us during worship. He wants to take that away so that after it, you don't feel, you, you don't feel like something, something just gives you, you know, just like an energy boost or not, not really an energy boost, but the presence of Jesus is so much greater. It's, it's what we need. It, it, will, it will give us strength, right? It will give us life. And when we come, we have to remember that, you know, the devil, he wants to take that word away. But tonight, let's listen to the word. Let's be ready to accept what, what God has for us. Just because you're in the forest doesn't mean that you're eating the honey. But, you know, when we apply ourselves to receive something from God, God has that. And it's so good for us. Um, and before we hear the word, uh, we're going to hear from Ramin and Noah about the trip from Mexico. So um, who wants to share first? Ramin will share. Okay. All right, Good evening. I'm happy to be back. You're so happy to see me. I can, I can tell. So, um, it was, you know, the trip uh, was very interesting to me. From the very beginning, as soon as we got the dates, um, I, I went and got the ticket right away. And, and honestly, I was like excited the whole, um, you know, the whole time from the day that was set the date to the time that we flew out there. Um, and you, you, you probably know, you know, for the two years, uh, you know my story about uh, the bites and everything else. You know, there was a fight between the Bucks of Mexico and myself. Um, and, you know, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, I got only one bite. Uh, this time and it was the whole time I was doing the instructions of my wife She told me like do this do that and everything will be fine And, and I was doing that in the last like 15 minutes. I was like, I don't want to put the box spray on It's just gonna be like five minutes in and out. That's when they got me. So one of them got me, but Should be all right. So I'm thankful to God for that Yes, listen to my wife. That's that. That's another. That's another reason. That's one of those examples where you really need a wife from God. They, she will tell you what to do so the bugs don't get you. But um, it was, you know, the trip was interesting all around. You know, first of all, you know, we've got you know a couple of people that we didn't even expect to go with us, uh, and it was great. And you know, to me, like, you know, we have we had Miroslav. Um, just, you know, it's like a, a walking miracle and, you know, he's just, he, I was like, he came to Mexico and he came to U.S. just a few months ago and then he went to Mexico with us, not, not even knowing if, you know, he'll return because he just has like a guest visa or visitor's visa and, and he's just like, yeah, 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 I'm going. I mean, we we're like ready, thinking, well, what if we have to leave him in Mexico, right? <laughs> Who knows? But, 
it was fine. I mean, we, we got back in just fine, and you know, just uh, it's interesting to see how how God put a team together. But and something I noticed um, there was like the, the the whole trip was not emotional. There was like no not crazy emotions, nothing like that. But a lot of things are are visible in in you know in the in the two churches that we visited, and we also had a a conference where you know people from other churches came, which, I don't know, maybe about 100 people or something like that. Um, but it was interesting as well. Um, so one verse that I wanted to, to read to you today is uh, in Luke 18.31. It says, Then he took, then he, Jesus, took the disciples, the twelve, aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. You know what? I'll be honest, that's how it feels like sometimes. Um, you know, the fact that the disciples didn't understand the words didn't change the fact that it was going to happen, that Jesus would do, that Jesus would be crucified and then he would rise and he would become the king, right? Things that are written about Jesus, they will happen no matter what. And, and I realized, you know, in this trip especially, I saw that, you know, maybe here you'll see a lot of rejection when you preach and maybe not, you know, but I mean, we see, I see a lot of rejection when, when you're preaching the word of God. But, you know, if, if here somebody won't accept it, then somebody else, somebody will accept it. And, you know, what God has said, what God has planned will still happen. Um, now, uh, I was thinking David Wilkerson, he was, he was talking about how, you know, how, how there is a lot of rejection of, of the gospel right now. It was like, I think it was his, one of his last sermons. And like, there is a lot of rejection of the gospel. But, you know what, even it, it happens here, it happens even in Mexico. Like, we heard a lot of stories where even in schools now they start making fun of people who are Christians. Um, and you're thinking it's, it's Navajo. It's, it's not a super, um, you know, super cool state and, and stuff like that. It's not, there's a lot of like education and, and stuff like that. But you know, it's, it's a Christian country. Everybody's walking with a cross. Everybody knows who Mary is and who Jesus is. And you know, everybody's a Christian, stuff like that. But what's interesting is, is that, that, that um, you know, rejection, that harassment is, you know, is, is still, is still, is still, you know, starting to rise up there as well. But what's interesting at the same time is that there are people that are, that are deciding to follow God, you know, and people that, um, you know, there's some, you know, a couple guys that, you know, had girlfriends a few times ago that we came, they were like, I don't know, like 11, 10, 12, I can't even remember. Now we come, they're like, you know, this tall, and, and and they're still following God, and they're still praying. They still want they they want God. Right after school, they come to the services, and, and they're consistent. They come with notes and Bibles, and and they want to learn. They want to understand. They want to hear. They they accept prayers. That you know, there's there's a, a land that's dry, that that wants you know wants that rain. And I I know that God has um, has poured out a lot of rain on that land for sure this time. Um, you know, one thing that I kind of remembered really well is, um, you know, we had a service where we broke up boys and girls separately, and what's interesting is that 
the building, uh, the church building, you know, they kind of build a back area. I think that's going to be used for, for Sunday school or something like that. Uh, and we actually did this, that service in that building, and that was, that was amazing. When, the first time we came, I think we parked our, our bus there, right? <laughs> it's like well, the first time we came, we parked the bus there, and then a few times later we came and we actually took, uh, you know, took a picture uh, with an i68 logo uh, on the building or on the structure. Now, now it's all plaster, now there are stairs, doors, uh, windows, and now they're starting to build out the main sanctuary. I think you said, what, uh, 30, I mean, 300 people, right? I think they have for 300 people. And, and that's just, just amazing. I know, it's, I know it's just a building, but at the same time, you know how much a building does for a church. And, and you start, I mean, you know, for, for one, it would be nice not to be freezing, you know, when you're having a meeting in November, you know, late. And, and I'm thinking in December and January, it gets even colder. I don't even know how they how they do it, but they do it still. They don't even complain. And, and for them, it's, it's probably cooler than it is for us. It, but even we were, like, I was cold. Um, but, you know, it, it's just interesting to see how God is doing. And, and, and it's, it's clear that God is doing something there. You can see it with ministers, with people. Yes, somebody, you know, we haven't seen one or two people that, that I was expecting to see. But at the same time, you see others that you haven't expected to see. I, I had one guy... Um, after a sermon, he comes up to me, and, and he, he said he was from Guadabampo. I think that's like a city southwest of Navajo. That's like, you know, uh, a busier city, crazier city. Um, you know, like, you know, he says people shoot and guns and everything outside. And he goes, I'm a street preacher. And then he started, like, he started preaching at me. Like, <laughs> I'm standing there, Miroslav is standing there, and he's, like, preaching at me, preaching, preaching. Like, I'm like... I know Christ, you know that. <laughs> he's, he's just you know, showing how he can preach on the street. It was interesting. But, but it was like, he goes, I wanna, I don't, I'm not afraid of guns. I'm not afraid of drug dealers. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm going to go and preach. And I'm like, you know, God has his people everywhere. And, and one, of the, one of the messages that I, was, that I was saying there in Mexico was uh, conditional faith. How, you know, how sometimes our faith is based on some conditions. If some conditions are filled, then we keep our faith. And if not, then we don't. And you know what? I, I figure that for Christianity, there's room, there's place for Christianity in every country. And, you know, here it, it has one form and shape, and, and there are one, you know, some battles to fight. There, there are others. Uh, you know, maybe we have all of our necessities here met. Um, they don't, you know, the lifestyle is very different. Goals are very different. Plans are very different. Um, but, you know, there's still, there's still a, you know, a Christian life to be lived uh, anywhere, absolutely anywhere. And, you know, it's just like, you know, especially seeing the pastor and others, and it's just like they're still there, still doing that, still on fire. It's just like that's encouraging. So, you know, I, and again, I was remembering... I will went there in July in 2013, and I coming back, I remember all four of us were like 100% sure that God has sent us there, that that's our place, had no idea, no plans, um, you know, how it's going to go, and you know, it's just like we didn't know, but we just knew that that's where God wanted us. We went there, we came back, and we knew that we were going to come back again, and here you are, it's like seventh trip, or I think, and, and it's... And I know there will be more. Just, just crazy. But 
awesome at the same time. So praise God. Amen. Um, uh, this was like Ramir said, it was very a uh, unique trip. It was kind of different than usual. Uh, we had that, that conference that he mentioned where um, we were expecting a lot of different churches and uh, pretty much we just got one more church than, than usually comes. Um, but I remember before we went on the trip, I was, I was telling Susha, I'm like, I just, you know, I really feel in my heart that we're going to meet another church on this trip and that, you know, the following trip we're going to maybe even go to, a, to another church. I don't know. But I didn't tell anybody because I figured, I'm like, hey, if it's, you know, some weird idea I have so I don't look like a weirdo and it doesn't happen. Um, and then that's what ended up happening. The, me and Zemo were talking to the, the youth pastor of that church, and, and he's like, oh, we would love to have you guys, you know, come next time you're here. They're in that city that Ramiro was talking about. It's Wadabambo, and it's southwest. It's the last uh, city before it goes into another state in Mexico. And, you know, that next state is where all the drugs originate from. So it's like we're, like, right on the border, and we're getting even closer to the border. Uh, maybe we'll cross that border one day. But, um, well, I don't know. Maybe not. Hopefully not. Unless we're ready to die. But, you know, so that's exciting. And then, and then Alex and Alina, they went with um, Andres. They went to his high school to, uh, just to share, you know, about, about morals. And then, and, 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 you know, kind of, you know, talk to the high schoolers there. And then and, uh, Andres told us, you know, strictly we're not allowed to, preach about Christ, but I think something changed over there because Alex was just sharing his testimony and his walk with God, and then there was a little, there was a girl there, I think she's 15 years old, and you know, after I think she like runs up to Alina and she can like barely speak English, and she's like, you know, I feel in my spirit that you guys are supposed to come to my church next time, and Alina's like, you know, you know you're 15 years old, why don't you, you know, let, let, let me talk with, you know, with our group, and then we'll see what we feel, and then, you know, you can talk to your pastor, you know, it's like Alina's telling us all these things, and she's like, oh, she already spoke to her pastor. He said, we need to come next time. Yeah. So it's like, it's now next time we might even have to go to four churches. So it's like, how are we going to go there for, you know, eight days now? Now it's going to be a longer trip. But um, just like Ramil said, the most amazing thing, I think, was just to see the same people that we saw, maybe, you know, like three, three and a half years ago, and you see them grow, and you see them you know, get, get closer to God, you see them get stronger, you see them get more firm in, in their faith. And just, I guess, one thing that, that uh, God was teaching me, even that, that Sunday before we left, Pastor preached the sermon about King uh, Asa, or Asa, or whatever, but his name is, but preached about how, you know, when, when he was seeking God, when he was close to God, then there was peace in the land and everything was fine. And as soon as he started to fall away from God, as soon as he started, you know, looking for his own solutions, as, as soon as he, you know, started using his own brain instead of trusting God, we see how he started to crumble and he started to fall apart. And, you know, the whole nation of Israel, you know, followed him as the king. And, and you know, for me, it's like being there at, at the services, you know, you have to pray for people, you know, they're expecting something from you and you and you realize that if I don't have God with me, there, there's nothing I can do. And, and you know, if, if, you know, right now is not the time for me to pray and, you know, expect God to, to fill me up. That's something that I needed to be doing weeks ago. That's something that I needed to be doing months ago. And then you just realize once again, it's like we need to seek God every single day of our lives. We just need to, to be filled with Him so, so we don't just, you know, serve when we go somewhere, but so that we're ready here. 
you know, every single day. So we're ready to serve. So we're ready to move, to 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 speak, to just do these these crazy things. Because you know, I think I think America's ready for it. I think America's ready for for real Christians to rise up. I know there are people who are hungry, and even Christians. When you begin to speak to them and and you, and you tell them about the kind of God that you believe in, and you tell them the kind of Christianity that you believe in. And you know, it's like it's like they're like, "Wow, I've been a Christian all my life, and I've never heard this. This is this is you know amazing. Is this what God is really like?" And you know, and I think we're gonna start seeing that more and more. But and we need to just you know spend more time with God, just even more, just in His in His presence, just you know humble ourselves before Him, just just expect Him to 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 begin to move through our lives and 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 to act and you know. And, and I believe that we're getting closer and closer to, to, to that moment when we'll start seeing more miracles in, in, our, in our church and in our ministry. You know, every day we're getting closer and closer to that. And, you know, after this trip, I guess I just uh, I got really encouraged. You know, it's, uh, after a long time, you know, without going anywhere, I start to fall off. I start to get, you know, bored with, with you know, this, this system, you know, even the system of church. You know, we come every Sunday, you know. Somebody says something in the beginning, then we worship, then then pastor preaches, then we all pray, and then we go eat, you know, at Sushihana or whatever, you know. And you get tired of this of this system, and and you know when you when you take yourself out and you and, you know and you you go and you just give yourself up for a week, you just sacrifice everything in your life, you know. God just begins to to move and and you know speak, you know. And, and in my life, that that's how it works, and just. Uh, want to encourage all of you if you guys haven't been in mexico yet you know start saving up we have a bus with you know 15 places in there you know it's uh it's awesome to be able to to do the things that god is, is calling us to do as a, as a youth and as a church and and it's amazing to be able to be used by god while, while we have that opportunity and that's just all i really wanted to share praise god It is so wonderful to hear these stories and uh, yesterday we visited uh, Yuri and Luda Shabura's house and uh, we spent some time together and they showed us uh, hundreds of pictures from their trip to Ukraine and Armenia and uh, we've been touched so much by what we've seen and heard and now this trip and uh, it is amazing what God is doing and uh, you know I've been listening and thinking we are a privileged people we are so much blessed we don't even know ourselves how blessed we are that we know him that we we know his perfect will for us we we know what we are doing we know uh, we're not just wasting our time f for some you know stupid things senseless useless we know what we are doing we know where we're going and we know the end of everything we know that god has called us and uh, he has a purpose for us 
And uh, when I'm, I think of myself and I compare myself to, to many people around me, to even to my old friends, we grew up together and uh, now I hear about them. That one is dead, that one is dead, that one is alcoholic, another one is drug addict, and it's, it's unbelievable. For some reason, he, he revealed himself to me and to you as well. And we are, we are blessed people, so much blessed. And we have a future with God. We know the end of everything, we know where we are going, and our future is great. Our future is bright. It's awesome. It's unbelievably great. And it's worth fighting for. Amen. You know, I want to read a couple of scriptures and uh, share a few thoughts and pray with you. Give you a time for prayer and pray with you as well. Because uh, what I see in my life is everything is done in prayer in my life. I think in yours as well. When we pray, when we deep in prayer, uh, filled up with the Holy Spirit, and we enlightened by God, we receive some revelation. We 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 hear His voice. We we know what He is expecting of us, and we make a decision in prayer. That's when everything changes. That's when changes start. That's where we start moving forward, moving rapidly, growing rapidly in Christ. But decision is ours. Decision is yours, mine. So that's why we are a praying church. That's why we, we make those altar calls. That's why we pray, because if we are not saying the right things before God in prayer, nothing changes. Nothing changes, absolutely. We are stuck in our Christianity, churchianity, and we, like, like Noah said, we're we tired of routine. It's not interesting, it's not fun. But when we grow in Christ, when we make decisions, we grow, we change. He reveals himself to us more and more. That's where fun is. I mean, spiritual, real fun. Okay, uh, I want to read you guys from uh, the letter of, letter of Apostle Paul to Philippians from the third chapter. And it's a letter which he wrote from uh, Roman prison right before the end of his life. Couple of years that is left for him. And he said, the time of my departure is at hand, meaning my time is up. It's, I'm, I'm done. Couple more years and I'm done. I'm, I'm home. 
But what he is saying here, it's, it's unbelievable. Philippians 3.7. I'm sure you know these verses, but still I, I will read it. <clears throat> Philippians 3.7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on. I press on. Paul, what are you talking about? Your time is up. You're almost out of the body, you know. But I press on that I may lay hold of, of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing, I, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And again, Paul, what are you talking about? Your time is up. Your life is finished. You're finished. You're, you're almost there. What are you talking? Reaching forward, knowing Christ. I, I want to know him, he said. I want to know him. You don't know Jesus, Paul? You know, he's the one who knocked you down from your horse, you know, a long time ago. You saw his face. You've heard his voice. And many, many years ago, you've been taken up to the third heavens. And you've heard the voice of God, his words. And you're saying you don't know him? You've heard his voice so many times. You, you saw him in a vision. And you're saying, I want to know him? What do you mean? You see, there are levels in our Christianity, in our spiritual uh, growing, uh, knowing Christ. There are levels, there are certain amount of knowledge that we're gaining. And uh, each one of us, we are different in knowing Christ. Even though, you know, we, we know Him... Um, very little. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's eternal. He's cosmic, you know. He's incomprehensible. We cannot understand him in his greatness, in his might, in his knowledge. He is the love itself, the, the wisdom itself. How can we know him? We know him, you know, 
just a little bit, we just, just scratch a little bit, you know, the surface. But yet, Paul says, I want to know him. With his experience with Jesus, he said, I want to know him. The rest is rubbish. I don't care about anything. I just want to know him. And my question to you is, do you know him? Do you know him? Again, how much do you know him? Do we know about him? Or do we have some experience? Um, another scripture. First John 2.12 I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. And uh, you see here, there is a three levels of knowledge, knowing the God, knowing of God, knowledge of God. He said, little children. What defines a little children here? He said, your sins are forgiven. You know, it's when we come to know Jesus, about his sacrifice, about his blood that was shed for us. And that's when our sins are forgiven. That's when we are born again. And we become little children. But that's just the beginning, just, just a start. Then he said, I write to you, a young man. What defines a young man? He said, you are strong. You overcome the wicked one, the, the Satan, the devil. Why? Because the word of God abides in you and you are, that's why you are strong. You see, when we got born again, a little children, that's just the beginning, just a start. Then we start eating the bread of life. The Jesus itself, his word, his truth. And we, you know, our spiritual muscles are growing. We become strong. So we can overcome. We start overcoming. Start, you know, live a life of overcoming. But it's not the end. He said, I write to you, fathers. And what defines the fathers? Because... You have known him who is from the beginning. You know, when we, um, most of us here, young people, right? And uh, I assume most of you were born in a Christian families. So we kind of inherited faith from our parents mostly, from maybe um, our Sunday school teachers, from uh, 
your home group leader, from the pastor maybe, from some teacher in the church. We, we, our faith was ignited by somebody else's faith. It was not our faith. It was somebody else's. But we have to grow now to, to get our own faith. Grow in faith. Grow in faith. You know, the, <clears throat> we've heard that uh, they were sharing their experiences, their life stories to us. And our faith started to grow by listening somebody else's you know, preaching, stories, witnessing, but it's not my faith. You know, maybe my grandma, grandma's faith, my mom's faith, my, my, my father's faith, but not mine. And uh, the time is coming to all of us when we have to, we must, get to know him personally 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 me myself and jesus and the paul here he writes amazing things he said i want to know him again couple of years left a few months maybe he will write a couple of more letters to timothy to Titus, maybe, and that's all. His, you know, mission is over. But he said, I want to know him. And that's what I'm doing. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing forward to touch him one more time, to hear him one more time, to get a, another revelation of him. And then he says, Whoever is mature thinks the same way. Which way? What, what way? He's pressing forward always, all the time. He's reaching out, trying to touch Jesus again and receive from him again. That's what I want to do with you, to pray tonight. Pray, to, pray again. And I don't know, maybe you are stuck spiritually not growing not knowing maybe your faith is your father's face faith maybe your faith is a face a face also maybe your faith is your mother's faith but not yours you know why young people when they grow up they leave the church many of them because their parents faith has not become their own personal faith they never started to reach out and seek Jesus his faith they never got born again so they leave let's pray uh, would somebody somebody play the piano and we turn down the lights and you know what I don't want to beg you to come up front here to the altar if you want to you can come if you're serious enough 
and you want to know him more, you can come up front, kneel down here, and uh, pray. But uh, I don't want to even pray in a microphone. I don't want to distract you. You know, let it be maybe not so emotional prayer, but you make a decision. Decision, my decision. I want to know you, Jesus. I want you to know you, Holy Spirit. I want to feel you. I want to hear your voice. So please, come and touch me again. Come and fill me up again. Let's pray. You can sit, you can kneel down, you can stand up. Whichever is more convenient for you, but let's just pray.